Hi, everyone. You are in the game, a podcast about sports and business and the intersection of business and sports. The show is brought to you by my co-host, Anand Punjabi in London, UK, and me, your host for the show, Vladimir Basanets, coming in from Seattle, Washington. In today's podcast, we welcome Anne Kletz, the founder of Goal 5, an Oakland, California-based sports brand for her. For the longest time, performance apparel has been made with only men in mind. Until now, Goal 5 puts females first. The company exists to celebrate her because the game needs her greatness. It's Goal 5's mission to understand her, push her, and empower her to even the playing field. Anne joins us today to talk about the motivation behind her brand, how the company started and how it has grown over the last couple of years, including the challenges it faced during 2020's global pandemic shutdown. So stay tuned and get ready to jump in the game with our guest, Anne Kletz. Anne, good morning. How are you? Good. How are you, Vlad? I'm well. I'm well. Where do we find you today? Where Where are you? I'm in the San Francisco Bay Area. Working out of your home office, I yes, imagine? Yes, of course. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. We always work out of our home office, though. We're a remote team. So yeah, tell us a little bit about that. Maybe by way of introduction, give us kind of an overview of uh, Goal 5, your team, where you guys all based and sort of, you know, how your winding path of your career led you to start this company. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So Goal 5 is the sports brand for her. And um Three of us co-founders, Katie Wax, Carrie Kessler, and myself came together uh, several years ago and uh, started to build a company. We saw big white space out there in women's performance sports apparel. We have kids of our own, and we've also all been soccer players. And we um, just known from a lifetime of playing soccer that uh, most of the gear that we had to wear and was issued didn't fit us you know, uniforms or, you know, whatever kind of performance uh, gear we were wearing out on the, on the field was made for men. Yeah. In the, in the industry, there's a, there's something called shrink and pink. And that's a phenomenon where uh, companies will take a men's silhouette and just shrink it down and then make it pink or purple and then call it a women's product. So we could see out on the field and, um, you know, the girls were modifying their clothing. So they were rolling their shorts at the waistband, they were rolling their sleeves and they were bunching their shirts with their headbands. And all of that just is in plain sight, you know, um, an indication that their gear doesn't fit them. Yeah, it's obvious, right? Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. So that's the problem that we're solving with Gold 5. Our team is, uh, we are digitally native and we've been a remote team since day one, which I've had many people tell me is pretty remarkable that we've been able to build this company with a remote team. And the core of us are, you know, based in San Francisco area, Oakland, really. We're an Oakland-based company, but we have a, a core, almost 50% of our team now is up in the Portland area, which you can imagine. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That seems to be kind of a mecca for sort of sports gear exactly. companies in general. Yeah. 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 We have a, a team member in the UK. We have a couple on the East Coast, so we're kind of spread out all over. Okay. And how old is the company now? Um, we launched in 2018. So... Uh, 18 and 19 were our first two years, and we were doing a lot of kind of small production runs, testing, learning. And 2020 was the year we started to scale the company. Yeah, yeah. So, Anne, uh, sports apparel is a is a is a big industry, primarily led by maybe a handful of companies. If so, what gave you the confidence to go into this space and you know think that you could make a difference in it? You know, it's funny, we didn't have this vision to set up to be a challenger brand. 
what we set out to do was just create beautiful product, premium quality product, cut and sew that really just fit women. And uh, in, on the brand side and building the brand, uh, creating a brand that celebrated uh, female athletes' greatness. So that was our focus. We're also a mission-driven company. 5% of our profit and product goes back to supporting girls um, in sport and particularly girls in low-income communities, making sure that they have access to sport. So, you know, that's our, that was our focus. We just yeah. knew that there was a big open opportunity in that space. So again, you know, we didn't set out to challenge <laughs> the big boys, as we call them. Yeah. You know, but I think that's, that's what is evolving as we, as we grow the company. Yeah. And this mission of uh, returning 5% of the profits, is this also enshrined in the name, the the Goal 5? Is that is that what that stands for? Yeah. So Goal 5, uh, the name comes from the UN Sustainable Development Goal number 5. Okay. Puts out these big goals every few years and to the world, basically, to kind of rally around and work toward. And Goal number 5, UN Sustainable Development Goal number 5, is to achieve gender equality for all girls and women. So that's where we borrow the name from. Okay, interesting. So as you've launched a business and you said it it wasn't um, you know organized to be as a uh, challenger brand initially, but that's kind of where, where you are now. How do you break into the world of, uh, you know, letting people know that you're out there? What is your sales strategy? Are, are you only web-based? Are you going to eventually look at, you know, some, you know, retail presence? Tell us a little bit about sort of what are, what are some of the goals and dreams there? We're on a pretty typical digitally native journey. We are about 99% D2C, direct-to-consumer. We have very, uh, we're very select if we're working with a retail partner. And this year we've chosen to only work with one retail partner, which is soccer.com. Okay. And other than that, uh, our growth, we believe that we can achieve our growth goals uh, through D2C. A couple of years down the road, uh, we might love to have a couple of brick and mortar uh, experiential stores in certain key markets in the country. But um, we're really uh, we're really building this company as a, as a D2C, which was our plan before COVID and, but now, you know, post COVID or still toward the, <laughs> still in COVID. Yeah. You know, I think that's become even more obviously to our advantage. Yeah. And as you look at your market seg- segmentation, are, are you guys at this point primarily focused on, on soccer or, or does that, you know, then span into basketball, softball, you know, lacrosse, volleyball and so forth? Yeah. So good question. We we're rooted in soccer. So soccer inspired, but this is the year 2021 that we're beginning to um, expand beyond soccer. So what we're, if you can think about we were the soccer brand for her, we're now becoming the sports brand for her. And the gear that we're producing is it's performance, premium quality performance gear. And so we design gear that any athlete can use. And as we create new styles, we will definitely be out on the field out on the court, basketball court, lacrosse field, talking to those athletes about the problems that they have in their gear. And that's um, a factor in a very important factor in the way in which that we, the way in which we develop product. So we're rooted in sport and performance sport, but at the same time, the product that we're creating, you know, should be used by anybody who is trained. Yeah, and and that was going to be my my you know follow up question. Is it is your goal initially just for athletes, and then you hope 
moms get to wear them and other sort of, you know, family members can also, uh, you know, participate, right? Yeah. Well, it's very interesting. Our target customer is a 16-year-old, Ruby, who is a competitive soccer player and lives in suburbia. Um, But our buyer is a 35 to 55-year-old woman who's purchasing for herself and her daughter. So we're really playing uh, in a couple different big markets, uh, young sport, but also just in the, the large 20, I think it's 20, you know, billion dollars women's sports apparel market. Yeah, yeah. When we uh, initially uh, spoke in, one of the things that you and I talked about is I, I have a young athlete here here in my household too. Um, she plays volleyball. And as you and I know, a lot of these clubs are very early on, you know, either sort of gobbled up by these, you know, big brands in a sense that they provide the clothing and the shoes and all of this other kind of stuff, right? That's obviously a, you know, competitive advantage for for them. They're in front of these kids non nonstop. You know, what what helps you, you know, break through those barriers? Yeah. Well, first of all, we don't do uniforms. So the way we think about it is those companies have those athletes for like two hours of the day and we have them for the other 22 hours. So we're not really competing with them on that front. Uh, Doing uniforms is a completely different business model. Uh, We're in training gear. So we don't really feel like that's a big barrier for us. And again, as a digitally native company, you know, in social media, the way social media is is, uh, so prevalent, you know, we have ways to reach those young women and women through Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and Snapchat. And so that's how we're really reaching our customers right now. You'll also see us show up with our beautiful pop-up shop, you know, at some tournaments and some events and things like that. But, um, you know, reaching our customer, we've been very successful at doing that just through social media and through collaborations that we do. For example, we just recently did a collaboration with the NWSL, National Women's Soccer League and their Players Association. We did a uh, Together We Win t-shirt that we rolled out uh, in collaboration with them. And we also did a recent collaboration with Venus Williams on her privilege tax. So for the whole month of March, uh, our customers were able to opt into a 19 cent tax, which showed the difference between what a woman makes on a dollar to the men and to men. And all of the money that came in was donated back to Girls Inc., um, which is uh, Venus's organization of choice. So that's really how we're reaching our customer, you know, through really great collaborations and um, those other social channels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2020 was a disruptive year for, you know, many businesses. I think the businesses that are, you know, digitally native probably fared a little bit better because you were able to probably continue with your operations to a certain degree. Uh, you didn't have to shut a store. You didn't have to, you know, worry about, you know, paying for rent and things like that. Tell us, how did that year impact you guys? Did you actually see an increase of attention? I know a lot of people were buying more casual gear to begin with. So I'm kind of curious, you know, how how that played out for you guys. Yeah, definitely. We're, you know, net result, I think we came out really, really on the upside of that year, we're very fortunate. So we, I think the biggest challenge that we faced in 2020, I mean, there was there was really two, but one of the two was disruption to supply chain. When had been manufacturing in Mexico with our fantastic manufacturing partner, and the, they delivered our spring order of 20, uh, 2020 in May, I think it was May 8th. Two days okay. later, we got word that the government had shut the factory down and 
that meant we weren't going to get our fall order in. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, so that was really challenging. We were able to do a little bit of production up in Canada, but those factories were also only working at 50% capacity. Um, and we couldn't do all of our styles there. So we basically, when that first spring shipment came in, we just started to, our sales started to go through the roof and we sold out of everything almost. And so with that, and with some of the, some of the product that we could flow in from Canada, at the end of the year, we actually hit our performer target right on the nose. That's great. Yeah. Congratulations. 500%. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. 500% year over year. So we, yeah, we just felt very fortunate. Yeah. It was a struggle. You know, our staff, we had to go to part-time for about a month, but I was able to issue some stock options to them uh, to thank them for all the sacrifices that they made. Yeah. So anyways, yeah. I mean, obviously it was a crazy challenging year, but we feel like we got through it and we reached our growth goals. Does this make you think about sort of, you know, production potentially in the U.S. in the future as kind of a, you know, backup uh, for Yeah, you know, else, we'd love or? to produce in the U.S. And we, we looked uh, when we were uh, kind of going on our road trip, if you will, around the world uh, to look for factories. And the problem is that the garment, you know, industry has completely been outsourced really to Asia and other countries. Yeah. Right. So we really couldn't find, even though we, we looked really hard, we really couldn't find the factories here in the U.S. that could do the technical selling uh, that our product required. Interesting. That's we're kind of starting to uh, not be up to speed in some of the technical stuff, <laughs> which is uh, not something you often hear. Uh, but that is that is interesting. Yeah. I mean, way back, I don't know how many decades ago, you know, the whole industry just moved overseas. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So we just don't, we're not set up in this country for that industry, unfortunately. So you started your company, you said in 2018, but, you know, over the last, you know, 24 months, uh, maybe maybe since 2018, there is, certainly has been a heightened awareness around sports inequality, uh, especially when it comes to gender. Uh, we're kind of hitting a high mark of that, of that awareness, uh, and I think we're all better for it. You've described how, you know, the genesis of your company was also, you know, you're, you were looking at these, you know, you know, girls rolling up their uniforms and sort of adjusting the, you know, clothing. Tell us, you know, how, what, what does that mean to you now? You know, is this, is this a big driver for the business for you guys and sort of your kind of social mantra, if you will, or, or maybe the mission of the company in general? You mean what's happening right now in the women's sports? Yeah, yeah. And sort of the, the impact that's, that's had on uh, you, you as a business. Oh, it's so exciting. I mean, I think for us, I mean, most of us in the company have been kind of fighting this fight for our whole lives, <laughs> essentially. Um, you know, and I've been doing this work, um, you know, for most of my career. Um, a, lot of, a lot of those years were spent in the nonprofit sector, running, starting organizations to empower girls through sport. Okay, but just yeah. even as a little, little girl, you know, being the only girl in the entire soccer league, you know, this is something I've been acutely aware of since I was probably about eight years old. And the beginning, you know, I've seen 10 to 20 years ago when I was doing this work and it felt like one step forward, two steps back. It felt like almost like hitting your head against the wall. But now it's totally different and it's so exciting. You know, it feels like there's this wave that's kind of come and lifted up women's sports and it's not going to kind of go back. And it's exciting, super exciting. So, you know, for us, I think it's just great timing and uh, it's, yeah, it's just kind of bolstering us, you know, 
starting a startup is really exhausting and really challenging. Yeah. You know? So when you can have <laughs> its own, right? something you know that's larger than you that's kind of supporting what you're doing, uh, that's that's always a really big help. Great. So you mentioned you are you are based in Oakland. I think that's kind of interesting because I think right in your backyard you have Mayor Libby Shaft. Uh, you know, female in uh, San Francisco, you have, you know, Mayor London Breed, then you've got, um, you know, famously Kamala Harris is from Oakland also, right? So you've got a, kind of this, um, you know, trifecta, if you will, of, uh, you know, very important women in today's politics, kind of, you know, playing playing a role. How does this, you know, help you in uh, your mission? And is there a way for you to, you know, leverage some of this for, for the benefit of uh, Goal 5 as well? Yeah, definitely. Rising tide lifts all boats. So, you know, it, it is. It's fantastic. It's a really great moment in time. The women's movement, uh, you know, social justice movements, generally speaking, women have been, you know, fighting for gender equality for so many decades, but it does really feel like we've kind of reached a tipping point. And you're seeing it in sport, you're seeing it in politics. And it's just super exciting. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we're rising, you know, rising tides. We're all all of our boats are, are lifting. So it's a really exciting time. I think in sport in particular, one thing that I think about often is in 22, we're going to see, we're going to hit the 50th anniversary of Title IX. Right. What I think about when I think about Title IX is, okay, 50 years, that means we now have two generations of women and young women who have grown up playing sports their entire lives. And that's pretty radical. And, you know, my belief and the whole belief behind the mission side of this work and the impact work that we do with the company is that when women play sport, they become strong leaders on and off the field. And so just think about that now. Two generations of women have been able to take all of the lessons that they've learned through, you know, a lifetime of playing sport and apply that into their personal life and their professional life. So I think that's really significant. It is. It is. Although I would argue the NCAA continues to sort of, uh, you know, miss the point here, right? I mean, the last few weeks have been uh, not very positive in terms of, uh, you know, gender equity that they've been exhibiting through, through the NCAA basketball tournament and then now famously through the weight room fiasco that they had. But it sounds like also last week they uh, had another one with uh, women's volleyball. NCA championships, um, uh, you know, as 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 well. So you would you would hope that, you know, they would kind of get with the program, if you will, and 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 with the times, and uh, you know, up the game as well. I, I mean, it's been fifty years, so yeah, I know. I mean, we certainly have not arrived. That is for sure. That's right. You mentioned your your partnership with Serena Williams and her foundation. Are you looking for? Other partners to you know help you in your in your mission um, as you as you guys grow. Yeah, actually, that yeah, that partnership is Venus Williams, her amazing sister. Uh, yeah, we're always looking for partners. You know, where our kind of mission and values and all of that are aligned. Um, yeah, absolutely. Partnerships with leagues, what uh, NWSL, the Angel City, the group that you know is down there, the whole. I don't know if you've heard of it, but there's a, a new team coming to Los Angeles and uh, they've made a lot of waves in, in the media because it's a, it's a majority female owned investment okay. uh, team. Some great people involved in back 
backing that team. And it's it's pretty radical. I think it's the first time a you know, majority group of women investors stepped forward and and uh, bought a team. So their their team's gonna launch in 22, I believe, but it's a really exciting effort. So is this in basketball? I'm, I'm sorry, uh, or is it in soccer? The NWS soccer, soccer, yeah, yeah, okay. It's coming, Angel City, check it out. Yeah, they have some you know Hollywood stars behind it. Serena Williams, um, Julie Foudy, Fisi, Karen Norton, Nortman, um, just some great, great folks. But it was really one of the first times that uh, came out with, you know, a huge press release and just showed all of these strong women coming together. Uh, and there's some great male investors too in the um, ownership group. But yeah, just, you know, exciting things happening, some new kinds of things happening. That's great. And I have to ask you, you know, you have built your company around, you know, a mission in terms of, you know, helping, uh, you know, girls and women. Have you had any any personal anecdotes or examples of people that have been affected by, by what you've done uh, that you can maybe share with our audience? Sure. So we, we selected a couple nonprofits that we wanted to work with. Um, we do kind of one-off kind of events with a lot of other groups too and supporting them. But we chose, we decided at the beginning when we were building the impact side of our, our company that we wanted to also select a couple nonprofits that we would just go deep with and work, you know, consistently with year in, year out, and then add new groups to that list as we grow. So the two organizations primarily that we've worked with since we launched, uh, one is in the U.S. and it's called Soccer Without Borders. And the other one actually is in Kenya and it's called Moving the Goalposts. And um, they're both amazing organizations and we've supported them through dollars and through product. Soccer Without Borders, it's just, uh, yeah, they're, they do a lot of programming, uh, soccer programming for girls in uh, low-income communities. Yep. I've gone to one of their camps uh, in the summer and there were about 150 kids there, uh, boys and girls. And I think they were representing, they were recent immigrants to the country and they were representing, I think, like, 49 different languages. Wow. Okay. Camp. Yeah. So we work with them pretty closely. And then also this um, moving the goalposts, we did a, another t-shirt collaboration like we did with the NWSL PA where we did a, an equal play tee and it was ahead of the women's world cup in France in 2019. Um, 50%, I think of those profit, 50% of the revenue from that sale went to helping about four or five girls from moving the goalposts uh, in Kenya actually get to uh, travel to France to watch the Women's World Cup. That's great. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. A bunch of other stories uh, and kind of on the impact side, but that's a couple examples. Yeah, yeah, yeah. NIL in college, you know, the name, image, and likeness, um, you know, laws are going to be enacted here shortly. Is this an opportunity for you guys also to help leverage your, you know, brand through some, uh, you know, social media influencers that will be athletes also? Have you already kind of begun thinking about this? Uh, maybe even, uh, you know, contacting some people about that potentially? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we have a whole athlete ambassador influencer program that we're building. And there's many athletes that are already involved in our company, several of the NWSL players, championship pickleball player. Yep. <laughs> being worn by the championship um, ultimate Frisbee team in San Francisco, the national champs. So definitely working with tons of athletes and yeah, what's going to be going on there is going to definitely open up, you know, more opportunities for us to create new relationships. Great. And if our listeners want to learn more about your company, uh, where where do they go to find you? Goal5.com. G-O-A-L-F-I-V-E.com. 
Excellent. Well, Anne, thank you so much for spending your morning with us. Uh, really appreciate it and you know, giving us a glimpse into your organization. Best of luck and stay safe. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us on our podcast. We know that if you're listening to this show, we know that you know how to subscribe to podcasts. So hit that subscribe button. Tell your friends and your family about us. And if you'd like to get in touch, please connect with us. Our contact information is in the show notes. Thank you for listening. We'll be in the game with you in a few days with our new episode.